Welcome back to The Wise Man's Page, the daily podcast where we read Patrick Rothfuss's The Wise Man's Fear, page by page. This is page 435. It's not out of spite. My patron is at least as private as the mayor. He made it very clear that things would go badly if I ever made our relationship public. He was quite emphatic about it. Her expression had gone serious. He's a powerful man. She seemed as if she would say more, then stopped herself. Though I didn't want to, I understood. My recent brush with the mayor's anger had taught me caution. What can you tell me about him? Denna tapped a finger against her lips thoughtfully. He's a surprisingly good dancer. I think I can say that without betraying anything. He's quite graceful, she said, then laughed at my expression. I'm doing some research for him, looking into old genealogies and histories. He's helping me write a couple of songs so I can make a name for myself. She hesitated, then shook her head. I think that's all I can say. Will I get to hear the songs after you're done? She gave a shy smile. I think that can be arranged. She leapt to her feet and grabbed my arm to pull me to my feet. Enough talking. Come and walk with me. I smiled, her enthusiasm as infectious as a child's. But when she pulled at my hand, she let out a tiny yelp, flinching and pressing one of her hands to her side. I was standing next to her in a second. What's the matter? Denna shrugged and gave me a brittle smile, holding her arm close to her ribs. My fall, she said. That stupid horse. I get a twinge when I forget and move too quickly. Has anyone looked at it? It's just a bruise, she said. And the sort of doctor I can afford, I wouldn't trust to touch me. What of your patron? I asked. Certainly he could arrange something. She slowly straightened. It's really not a problem. She lifted her arms above her head and made a quick, clever dance step, then laughed at my serious expression. No more talk of secret things for now. Come walk with me. Tell me dark and lurid gossip from the mayor's court. Very well, I said as we began to walk. I've heard the mayor is marvelously recovered from a long-standing illness. You're a poor rumor monger, she said. Everyone knows that. The baronet Bramston played a disastrous deck of pharaoh last night. Denna rolled her eyes. Boring. The Comtesse de Fer lost her virginity while attending a performance of Deonica. Oh, Denna raised her hand to her mouth, stifling a laugh. Did she really? She certainly didn't have it with her after the intermission, I said in a... End of the page. I'm Jeremy. I'm Jordana. I'm Nick. Now, Denna says, I think I can say without betraying anything that my patron is a surprisingly good dancer... I submit to you that Brayden says, uh, I have simpler tastes now. I travel. I enjoy wines and conversations with interesting people. I've even been learning how to dance. I submit to you that Denna has, in fact, betrayed everything. Because, you know, we know that Denna's been traveling, doing research for genealogies. We know that she was in Yale recently. Well, we have uh, another character who's been traveling, uh, meeting interesting people, having interesting conversations, and uh, learning how to dance. Perhaps Denna is teaching him as part of the recompense. But I think this is a pretty strong clue pointing to Brayden as the patron. Small point of order before I forget. This is page three, sorry, 434, not 435. So noted. Thank you, Jordan. Nick, I, I think that you are quite right to raise that evidence. And I think that the, the evidence is mounting for Brayden being Master Ash, Dennis' patron, which does then make me think, isn't it interesting that Denna and Quoth are both apparently learning about old genealogies and histories, old families, 
and their and their mm-hmm. secrets. And interesting that Brayden pointed Quoth to Codicus for that. Like it was Brayden who also prompted Quoth to to start looking down that rabbit hole. Wasn't it the mayor who said go talk to Codicus? He knows all that stuff. Uh oh, time to double check. In the meantime, something that I think is sort of weird is upon hearing that she's also studying genealogies, like Quoth wouldn't be betraying anything if he was to talk about how he's also studying genealogies. He just has to not say why. Like he can say, like, oh yeah, I'm also looking at genealogies. Like, what families are you learning about? I'm learning about this family. Yeah, like it, they could have that conversation without him betraying that he's looking at the Lacklaces specifically for the mayor. Yeah, they could, but I kind of feel like she doesn't give him the chance to because she says, let's just talk about gossip. Tell me about court gossip instead. You know, if she doesn't, if she didn't prompt him that way, and if they weren't interrupted by the fact that she like flinches because she hurts herself, that he might actually take it up. But I think you're right that it is noteworthy that they don't talk about it because it seems like they would. Yes, a strange coincidence that this opportunity does not forward something else. Yes, well, there are ships passing in the night yet again. This is another opportunity for them to start noticing that they're actually on the same trail, but failing to do it. So at just a point of clarification, at the end of chapter 58, Alvaron, when he tells Quoth what he wants him to do, he says, uh, Codicus can lay the groundwork for you. He knows a great deal about the history of the families. Family is the foundation on which a man stands. So it is Alvaron who says, go talk to Codicus about this. Very well. Brayden's still very suspicious based on everything else that we discussed. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. And again, Denna, like, it's curious to me that Denna is keeping up the fiction that she got this injury from, from falling off a horse and not because Ash is beating her, which either means that this is one instance where she's not doing the old, oh, I fell into a doorknob routine and she actually did fall off a horse. Or there is something about this injury that would reveal further information to Quoth that she does not want him to know, which is why she keeps insisting. I don't think it's that necessarily. I just think it's there's still plausible deniability, right? She admitted while addled that the previous injury, the bruise in, uh, in Treben was a result of the patron, but there were extenuating circumstances, which she has explained. Uh, and this one, she has not and will not admit that it was the patron, even though I think both of them know that the other one knows. Uh, but she's still able to keep up the charade that it was a horse. That's my story. I'm sticking to it. And because uh, like, there's no good reason this time to explain it away, or at least not one that she's willing to put up. Hmm. Like, whatever the reason is, is it just that he's getting kicks out of it? Is there is he, like, fueling magic or something through pain? Like, unclear. Because Quoth doesn't say, ah, this is your patron. He says, can I, like, help you? You know, like, has anyone looked at it? Which is really him saying, like, would you like me to look at it? And she says no. And I feel like there's not actually any reason not to let him help her. Because he's already helped her in other instances when she is hurt. Like, she knows that he's a competent doctor and that he's not going to, like, take advantage of this opportunity to grope her tits or whatever. Like, he would actually just do the work. So there has to be a reason that she doesn't want him to see the injury. And I feel like it's either that the injury is so bad that Quoth would get hopping mad all over again, 
or that it is like not she fell off a horse, but yeah, she got like some kind of ritual like tattoo carved into her by an evil knife or something, you know, like it's something that would reveal further information about her patron and she's already revealed too much. Maybe I just kind of feel like she wants to move on, but if it is ritual scarification, then, you know, definitely a clue (laughs) that she would want to keep uh, close to her chest. No pun intended. Mm -hmm. And like, she does deliberately move the conversation in a safer direction. And the conversation they have on the next like page and a half is very reminiscent to me of when I have just had an argument with somebody and we're both trying to move on and smooth it over. And so we talk about really inconsequential stuff, but it all feels like kind of like stiff and artificial because you're both forcing yourselves to like pretend like you didn't just have an argument about something much more important like five minutes ago. Yeah, that's awkward. Because, like, especially on the next page, like, Foth is really kind of trying too hard to to make her laugh. I suppose there's no better way to handle that kind of situation, though. Yeah, like, I don't think there's a good way to do it. But I do think that it, like, you know, everyone involved is just, like, keeping up appearances. You know, they both know that it's still kind of awkward and they're just trying to make it not... They're trying to force it not to be awkward. And frankly, eventually, if you force it not to be awkward for long enough, it becomes not awkward anymore. I feel like that's also partially just, like, time, though. Like, time makes it not awkward. Yeah, yeah. Yep, time and distance. I think the gossip is kind of funny. The first two are things he has firsthand knowledge of, but Denna doesn't particularly care. And then the salacious third thing, which is really just, like, a bit that he is doing, is, uh, is what the thing she, that she cares about. kind of jumps onto. Yeah, well, that's actual gossip, right? Like, the other two things are just, like, information, really. Yeah, it's actually a thing worth gossiping about. Sounds like we're petering off. I think so. Sure. I feel like we've um, we've we've mined everything on this page. Very well. Well, rock and stone, brothers. Let's return to the surface to mine again on tomorrow's episode of Page. Um. The. Wee. Wee.